everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to ZBook's Successful Authors Podcast. And today, I'm going to attempt to teach you how to tell a great story. Not a good story, but a great story. Now, I always say that learning to publish a book takes about a, a week, but learning to tell a story is a lifetime endeavor. So I'm gonna take a hack at that. We're gonna talk about the three-part act, the story grid template, the hero's journey, and how to tell a joke, short stories. Okay, so we're gonna break it down first. Okay, so you might have been surfing the internet like I do, and you might have seen these articles about the three-part act and Steve Jobs and how great he was at keynote speeches and public speaking, etc. Now, the problem with the three-part act is that's just the global view, you know, and it's good enough for somebody who needs to write an article for their website and do some clickbaity stuff because, you know, anytime you write an article about, about Steve Jobs, you're going to get traffic, right? Steve Jobs is, is one of the top topics of all, you know? So, it's really a cop-out for people that want to just write a story about storytelling and they need to get an article out really fast. If you are listening to this podcast, you are an author, I assume. And the three-part act is just not enough. You must go much deeper. The three-part act, like I said, it's just a global view. It's something that people talk about when they need to push out an article in a certain in a certain website and to get certain traffic, you know, it's just not enough for a author. And I would even venture to say it's not enough for a good keynote speech. There are other things that are much, much better, like the story braid structure. So you can Google that one. That's uh, on my buddy Kyle Gray's website, thestoryengine.co. And even that is much, much better than the three-part act. I think the three-part act is just really, it's just a cop-out. It's, it's just for clickbait articles. It's, uh, it's really not useful. And I would venture to say even Shakespeare didn't follow it. You can divide everything into three parts, a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? You can divide anything into that. So the three-part act is a global view that just does not apply to us authors and great stories. 
in my honest opinion, it's just a cop out or a clickbait thing that people do to get traffic to their website. So, okay, so how do you tell a great story? So my podcast and my platform, zbooks.co, is really geared to beginning and intermediate authors. So let's start at the beginning, shall we? Let's start with short stories. You should try to master short stories first. And one of the best examples of a short story is a joke. Really good jokes are actually short stories. So you should try to tell a good joke first. As an author, as a beginning author, yes, you're trying to find your voice and you're trying to get the timing just right. So a joke will have beats, right? If you listen to other authors, big guns like Stephen Pressfield talking about this, every genre, every story has to have a certain amount of beats. So thrillers have a certain amount of beats and romance and other ones have different beats, right? Now, a joke has a punchline. Every joke has to have a punchline. So you can think of a joke as a short story with only a certain amount of beats, probably one. So now listen to this joke. Uh, it's not mine, unfortunately. It's for, I heard it first from Zig Ziglar, and it goes like this. Not long ago, a Texas millionaire had a 16-year-old daughter, and he wanted to throw a sweet 16 party. So he invited all of the most eligible bachelors in the United States, and he threw a huge rip-roaring party. Now, as the evening went on, most people knew why they were there because the rich Texas millionaire was throwing a sweet 16 party for his most eligible daughter. So he gathered all of the guests around his Olympic-sized swimming pool 100 yards from end to end. Little be known to the rest of the people there, he filled his swimming pool with the most poisonous animals from the southern United States, water moccasins, alligators, everything, you name it, he put it in the pool. And he said to all of his guests, guests, I'm going to offer the first man that can swim the full 100 yards of this pool filled with water moccasins and alligators, one of three things. Number one, 1,000 acres of my land. Number two, a partnership in one of my most successful companies. Or number three, my daughter's hand in marriage. And Sooner than he finished the sentence, a young man was seen swimming through the pool. He set a new record. He was on top of the water he was swimming so fast. And he got out of the pool. And the Texas millionaire was just aghast. He said, wow, son, that is some courage there. Well, what's it going to be? Is it going to be the 1,000 acres of land? And the young man shook his head and said, nope. And he said, well, then it's going to be the partnership in one of my most successful companies. And the young man shook his head again. Nope. And then the Texas millionaire said, ha, ha, ha. 
Well, then, you would like my daughter in marriage. And the young man said, nope. And now the Texas millionaire was really aghast. He was semi-insulted. And he said, well, young man, what do you want? And the young man said, I want to know the name of that fella that pushed me into the pool. Now, did you like that joke? Did you notice that that was a small story, a short story in itself? And the timing and delivery of the punchline is critical. I don't know if I did it right. I don't know if you laughed, but I sure laughed when I heard it the first time. I told it a little bit different than Zig Ziglar. So what you should do as a fledgling author is go find some of your favorite jokes first. Then they have to be short stories like this one from Zig Ziglar and learn to tell them. There's one big caveat though. Remember that a joke is different told live to people or written in a book. This joke goes down much better live or in a YouTube video. That's where I heard it first. The point is that you have to get good at telling a joke and telling short stories before you graduate to the big, huge novels, right? You don't want to write a 60,000 word novel if you cannot analyze a short story and make your own. That's the point I want to get across. Analyze the joke. It has the beginning, the middle, and the end, the punchline. So the beginning is simple. A Texas millionaire had a daughter which was 16 years old and he wanted to throw a coming out party. What do you call it? A debutante party or a sweet 16 party. And then there is the middle build. Notice I'm calling it the middle build now. We're going to get to that in the next template. The middle build. And he put a bunch of water moccasins and alligators in his pool. And then along with the middle build is the, the meat of the story. And then he told all of the people there, the most eligible bachelors in the land, that they could have his daughter or piece of land or his part of his business if they swim the pool. That's called raising the stakes. Okay, we're going to get to that in the next template. I just want to show you how there's so much packed into this little short story. So you have the beginning and the world building, a Texas millionaire on his ranch, throwing a party, raising the stakes in the middle build of the story, a pool full of water moccasins and alligators and all the most poisonous animals in the South, Southern United States. Okay, and then you have the climax, the punchline, which is that the man th uh, swam across the pool and then the twist, he didn't want any of that. He didn't want, you see how well this joke sets you up to think that it has to be one of the three things. And then comes the twist. It's one of the fourth things, not on the menu. And the young man says he wants to know who threw him in the pool, you know? <laughs> so there's the twist. There doesn't have to be a twist like that in every story. In romance, the woman gets the guy or the guy gets the girl, right? There's not much of these twists, there's fulfillment in romance novels. In crime novels, there's twists upon twists upon twists because the reader wants to figure out 
like the puzzle, the clues. Okay, so much much different than a crime novel, uh, a romance novel. Okay, but as you can see in this little joke, you it's really such a good example. You, you and you've noticed that the beginning and the middle and the end. That's a joke. The three part act is not enough for an author. You need much more. Okay, so the third part was the climax, and there was a twist in it, and then there was no resolution. Now, in almost all book templates or story templates, there's a phase called the resolution towards the end. In this one, I want to know the name of the man who pushed me in the pool. That's the punchline, the twist, the climax, and there's no resolution. All right, so as a beginning author, go check out your favorite jokes and learn to take them apart like I just did. There's way much more than a beginning, a middle, and an end. And make notes, print them out. I print them out and I, I have my red pen and I make notes in the margins. It's fun. Okay, so that is a very simple example of a template that you could use, the Texas Millionaire Joke by Zig Ziglar. Let's go on to some more real templates for short stories and long stories. By far, my favorite story template, whether it's a short story or a long story, a novel, is called the story grid or the story grid template. Now, there are many forms of these. My form is one, which you can get on zbooks.co when you just join at that big button on the top left. And Sean Coins at thestorygrid.com. He's got some excellent videos explaining this. So the story grid is the most versatile template for any story, long or short, romance, thriller, doesn't matter. And it goes like this. Every story must have three elements, the beginning hook, the middle build, and the ending payoff. So those are the first three those are the main three sections, right? Kind of like the three-part act again, right? So one, beginning hook, two, middle build, three, ending payoff. Now the above three elements can be thought of as sections and those three sections should have five elements. Number one is the inciting incident. Number two is a progressive complication. Number three is a crisis. And number four is the climax. Then number five, the resolution. Now I put an asterisk by number one, the inciting incident, and number five, the resolution. Because the trick is to get your inciting incident to dovetail with the resolution. So these three sections with five elements equal 15 scenes, right? Three times five is 15. So that could be 15 scenes, 15 setups, or 15 chapters. They don't have to be chapters, but you can divide them any way you want, you know? S depending on the length of your story, some people will divide a chapter with chapter dividers or little stars. But the point is you must have all of those five 
elements. Otherwise, you leave your reader hanging and wondering, why the hell did I pay for that book? One star review coming up. Now, remember, the trick is to get your inciting incident in your beginning hook to dovetail with your ending payoff. So this leads to one hardcore truism. Make your beginning hook and ending payoff awesome. Because remember, people remember always the end and usually the beginning. So for example, if you're having a keynote speech, a 20 minute speech, they'll remember the end and the beginning the most. The part in the middle, they forget. Okay, it's almost the same with books. I would say that they remember the ending payoff the best. Now, your inciting incident. So scene one is does not have to be your inciting incident. The inciting incident is something that changes in your lead character. It's something that forces him to act. It's not just the first scene of the book. You can have two or three first scenes or, or scenes before the inciting incident. The inciting incident is when your character, your main character doesn't heed the call to action. And then something happens with, which makes him act. So we are going to get to that in the next template or, or well, it's not really a template, it's called the hero's journey. But back to the story grid. First of all, another tip is to do your world building in the beginning of the book and make it short. So there's the famous example from Robert Heinlein where he starts a book with the door slid to the side, uh, something like that, you know, and that was it. That was his world building. The point is you need to do your world building in the beginning of the book and make it short. Now, uh, if you have a very short book, then these scenes, right? The inciting incident, the progressive complication, the crisis, the climax, and the resolution. You don't need them three times in the beginning hook. So the beginning hook is those five, the middle build is another five, and the ending payoff is another five of those scenes. You don't need that in a short story. Then you just have the inciting incident, and then number two, progressive complication, three crisis, four climax, five resolution. You could make your short story five chapters. That's how versatile this story grid template is. If you have a short story, those are your five scenes. Inciting incident, progressive complication, crisis, climax, resolution. If you have a huge story, then you make every chapter have those five elements in them. So if you have four chapters or four sections, then, then you have four times five, that's 20, right? And is that 20 chapters? I don't know. That's, you have to know how to divide your book. So, and the length of your book is totally dependent on your story and you know it's gotta be right not too long, not too short, and your story will dictate that. You will know if you're stuffing words or not, okay? So that's another topic about lengths of stories. The point is you make your story grid template and you, you hold it to your story to this template and you should be okay. And it's a very versatile template. Now, 
if you want more information on inciting incident and all of that stuff, you can really take a deep dive in the podcast I did with the wonderful novelist C.S. Lakin. I interviewed her on the blog, zbooks.co. Look for that interview. And she has an amazing website called Live Right Thrive. And she has all sorts of templates for thrillers and romance books. And she takes a much deeper dive and, and talks about the inciting incident. So listen to the podcast and then go get your stuff at her website. It's free too. There's not even an email sign up required. So you can really take a deep dive on the beats that have to be in each genre with C.S. Lakin on her website. And, but listen to the interview at zbooks.co first. Super interesting. We really go into this. And we talk about this story grid template too. So I recommend every author to start with the story grid template and a short story. And a perfect example of that is B12, The Moonshining Robot. Really cool story. Really good. It's on Amazon. And B12 Moonglow, that's what it's called. It's called B12's Moonglow. This is one story that I printed out and then made all my notes in the margins. And you can really see the story grid in this very well. It's only 6,000 words. And you can get it on Amazon. I will put a link to it in the show notes. There's a really good version of it, an illustrated version. And you should now go and find authors that you like with short stories and take them apart, print them out. This is how you learn how to write a great story. Now, let me give you another tip before we go into the hero's journey. I want to give you this tip. It's about reverse engineering. How I, like I just said with the novel, no, the short story B12, the moonshining robot of Deimos. So the, the short story is called B12's moon glow and you should print out short stories and reverse engineer them and write in the margins what is happening here is this the inciting incident this is forcing the character to move etc i put everything in there like oh here look at this clock in b12's moon glow there's a clock it's a recurring theme and it keeps coming back so i put that in the margin. You, you write down everything and learn at your own pace and this is a marvelous way to learn how to write a great story or tell a great story. So I'm going to give you a super duper shortcut now. One of the best things you can do as an author is harness your reader's emotions. If you can harness and evoke emotions in your reader, you are a great storyteller and they will love you and they will buy your books and they will love your books and they will keep buying every book you write. So how do you harness the reader's emotion in a story? I can only give you one example and that is Oscar Wilde. That guy was amazing. And he wrote the best short stories and the best long stories. So you can go get all of his stuff for free at LibriVox.org, download it, print it out, and then make those notes. 
You know, Oscar Wilde was so good that even modern advertising is based on some of his stories. If you read the story, The Rose and the Nightingale or The Mermaid, just amazing, amazing stories. And uh, there are so many, The Lonely Giant. There, there are just so many where he, he just, just harnesses the emotion in the reader, evokes it out of you. So read Oscar Wilde. It's free. And the short stories are just awesome. He has awesome novels too. But if you want to learn storytelling, like said, don't reinvent the wheel. Start small. Start with the jokes and then progress to short stories. And Oscar Wilde is just an amazing example. And print them out, LibriVox.org. Print out his stories and, and put your margins, your notes in the margins. You can also get everything from Oscar Wilde in Gutenberg.org. It's hard for me to recommend just one story. Just get them all, okay? There's the prince, uh, the mermaid, the lonely giant, uh, the ghost of Canterville. Uh, just, just get them all. They're amazing. I'm really impressed with Oscar Wilde. And if you want to learn to write a story or tell a story, start with Oscar Wilde. It's going to save you a lot of time, okay? And you can see, once again, the story grid template in Oscar Wilde's short stories. You can see it straight away in Sighting Incident, Progressive Complication, Crisis, Climax, and Resolution. Now, at this point, I would like to mention probably my favorite author, my favorite Kindle author of all, Nick Stevenson. He's the one who taught me marketing with books, Kindle books, and he's got a template too. If you go to writefromscratch.com, you can see how he starts a book and he's got all the videos. He starts it from scratch. Uh, this is, I don't know, fifth or sixth book. So he started from scratch with no audience to show that he can do it and it can be done again. And you can download his story engines cheat sheet, writefromscratch.com. His cheat sheet or template is a little bit different you can see the story grid in it too, but he has more, uh, he calls them game-changing scenes, okay? So this one is also a very good one. I think it's more for thrillers though. It might not be as versatile as the story grid template, but definitely, definitely worth it. A super duper series from Nick, writefromscratch.com. Several web pages, 10 videos where he shows you how he does it all, everything from the cover, cover uh, designing process and writing the book, a really excellent resource. And he also has a template, which I think you could really use well for thrillers because that's what he writes. Okay, so we've got C.S. Lakin and Nick Stevenson. Nick Stevenson's template is called, I don't know what he calls it, Story Engines. Sean Coins is the Story Grid. And I also have a version of that on zbooks.co. Okay, now then. We covered short stories and Oscar Wilde and jokes and the Zig Ziglar example as some of the straightest, easiest ways to the top to learn this craft. Now, what about a novel, a longer story? What is, what is one of the main things we want to do 
as an author. Number one, don't reinvent the wheel. Number two, harness the emotion of your readers. Number three, have a story with meaning. Now this one is tough. This one is tough. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question. What do Star Wars, True Grit, and Pinocchio have in common? Uh, you should know because I've been talking about it a little bit. They follow the hero's journey. The hero's journey is this profound story that is supposedly ingrained in our DNA. So we know this story to be true just because, because we're human and it's in us already. So this is pretty crazy stuff. If you want to get into the deeper meaning of this, there's an amazing podcast by Jordan Peterson in Ontario. Just go to Jordan Peterson's podcast there and he goes into the deeper psychology of this. There's also a really nice article about this in Wikipedia. So if you just Google the hero's journey, uh, you'll see all of these articles. You can go to Wikipedia. Joseph Campbell was the one I think who coined it, the hero's journeys, but in the Wikipedia article, it shows the many different versions of it from many different authors who even came before Joseph Campbell. But the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell is definitely the alpha omega that you should look at. So it starts with the call to adventure. And remember Luke and Star Wars. Star Wars is the best, probably the best example of this. You can really go beat by beat through the Star Wars trilogy with this. So the first part is the call to action. And the hero, Luke, doesn't want to go. You know, he's on a farm helping his mom and dad, and uh, he doesn't really want to go. And then there's the you know, the, the R2-D2 and C-3PO come and show him this video of Princess Leah. And then uh, I think um, his mom and dad get killed, right? His stepmom and dad get killed on Tatooine. So then he has to go. So at first he, at first he refuses the call to adventure. And then, and then comes Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that's entering of the mentor and all sorts of things going on there, right? Then we have supernatural aid. Well, that's the force, right? The, the force is this supernatural aid, isn't it? That that helps the the Jedi Knights do things. They can make things move and stuff. And good old Obi-Wan tells them, these aren't the droids you're looking for. So then the hero has to pass a threshold. And this has something to do with guardians and the beginning and the transformation. You know, he's becoming a Jedi Knight. He's training with Obi-Wan Kenobi to be something bigger and better. And this, this you have to have the mentor and then you have the helpers. Those are R2-D2 and C-3PO. And then he goes through all of these challenges and tribulations and stuff. And, you know, the helpers are on the way, kind of guiding them, the mentor too. But in every one of these heroes journey, there's the abyss, the pit scene with uh, Maddie in 
true grit. It's actually a pit full of snakes. And with Pinocchio, he has to go down to the, to the belly of the whale and get his father, save his father out of the whale. There's a big deal with the father. Luke has to go to that tree in the bottom of the tree too, in the pit, the abyss in the bottom of the tree and face his father. So this is the thing. This is when, when people, they say, uh, actually, I get some of these questions in my children's books, you know, uh, how will they know that they're up to the challenge? What's the, what is the real meaning? How do, how do they know if they will make it or not? Well, you don't know till you try. You got to go down there to the abyss and face your fears. And then you learn something. There's a great revelation. And if you'll notice, even in the latest Star Wars movie with Rey, where she goes to see Luke on that island, she has to go to the pit too. It's a bottomless pit too, where she, she walks up to it. it I mean, this look, it looks like the mouth of some evil creature and then she has to go down there and, and uh, she, there's this big mirror and I guess she has to face her mother or something like that, you know? And so everybody has to have this rebirth where they have to go to the bottomless pit and face their deepest, darkest fears. And then there's this revelation and a transformation, and then they are somebody else. And then the journey goes along, and there's this atonement phase, and the hero then receives the gift of the goddess. This can be many things in the trilogy frodo receives from galadriel th this light this this crystal that lights in the darkness yeah in the end of the story of one of the star wars movies they all get a medal from princess leia you know uh, usually the gift of the goddess is a magic gift though and then the hero has to return to his people and bring something to them right so this is then full circle. And if you look at all of the Star Wars movies, the real ones, I'm talking about the first one, you know, Star Wars, and then the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. You see Return is there, isn't it? So the hero's journey, don't reinvent the wheel. If you're going to write a longer novel, then you might want to look at the hero's journey. It's a very good idea. And it is so profound that it's ingrained in all of our dna and it is a it is a not a movie it is a story with meaning and that's the difference that's what makes a great story if there's no meaning in the story then why write it and what is the reader going to get out of it right so that is my tip for you for a longer story now let's talk about which characters have to be in a story. Okay, the minimum amount of characters is five or elements, characters and elements, okay? So every story must have at least these five elements. Number one, you need a hero. And remember, if you go to zbooks.co, you can download this template. It's all in the template, in my story grid template. And so you can fill it in. So I have it here. Number one, you need a hero and then blank. Your hero's name is blank. 
Number two, you need a goal. What is your hero's goal? Number three, you need a conflict. What is your hero's conflict? Number four, you need a mentor. Your hero's mentor's name is. Number five, you need a moral. The moral of your story is, for example, the guy who saves your life is not necessarily your friend. That would be a moral. And finally, number six, you need a why. Why should people read your book, right? You really have to think about that. If, if you can't figure out why people should read your book, what sets your book apart, then you need to go back to the drawing board and rethink your book, okay? Now, at the same time, I don't want to scare you. You don't have to write short stories that have amazing meanings, right? You want to get into the flow, write short stories uh, that and and like Oscar Wilde that really evoke emotion. Start with that. And when you graduate to longer stories, then you put more meaning into them, like the hero's journey. I am a big, big, big fan of just getting started. So this is something you can do today. Start learning how to tell a joke and then write those jokes. Like I said, go to Zig Ziglar. He's got some amazing jokes or, or your favorite ones. Take those jokes apart. The best jokes are short stories. They're ultra short stories. Then start writing short stories and use that book I told you about, B12's Moon Glow and anything from Oscar Wilde. Take them apart, reverse engineering and get started. Start writing your short stories. You don't have to publish them all. You can publish them on medium.com first before you publish them as an ebook on Amazon. Publish them on your own blog. I recommend medium.com because there's already traffic there. There's no traffic if you start a blog right now. But you could go to medium.com and start publishing your stuff right away. It works. I, I can show you examples. It really works. And big guns do this too. Nassim Taleb, my new favorite author, he wrote his entire inserto on medium.com first and pub so you could see his whole book there before he even published it you know you don't even need to buy it so this is one great way to build your audience so that by the time your book is finished you've got people waiting to buy it okay so the point is to start small don't reinvent the wheel and get out there right now start publishing your stuff on medium.com. Start voraciously reading everything you can get your hands on. LibriVox.org. Download Jack London, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, Oscar Wilde. There's so much there that you can take apart and see how they did it. But then you need some structure too. See how their stories fit into the story grid or the other um, templates from C.S. Lakin or Nick Stevenson and or the hero's journey. You might even see the hero's journey in some of the longer stories. Okay, get started. And the best way to do that is zbooks.co. I've got all of the templates for you and you, I've got free email courses. If you go to the blog at, or the website and there's that blinking green arrow at the upper left that takes you to the the survey where you go 
as you, you answer all the beginner questions. And if you say you don't have a book, then you get a free email course that also walks you through this process, how to find a niche, a profitable niche, the templates, and then all of that stuff. And if you're really, really, really into it, then you do the email course first, and then you join my seven day challenge where I teach you how to publish your book and how to add all of that cool stuff like subscriber forms and everything into your book and publish it on Amazon and then make it permanently free so that you get a bunch of people downloading your stuff and a bunch of feedback. I really look forward to seeing your book and I look forward to seeing you at the top. Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upvote this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.